Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. Today, I'm joined by Anthony Boone, who is Sam Howell's off-season quarterbacks coach. He's been working with Howell since Howell was in the ninth grade. He clearly knows him. Obviously knows what he's been working on this offseason. He goes into detail and all that stuff and kind of gives you some more insight into who Howell is and as a quarterback, as a competitor, as a kid, as a worker, all that good stuff. So I think you'll enjoy the interview with Anthony. I talked to him earlier this month and wrote a story on Howell and just kind of where the things he worked on over the in the spring to kind of get ready for this opportunity. That story ran on ESPN.com last week. I'll have a story coming up short soon, sometime over the next several days or so, on Eric Bieniemy and the early impressions that the commanders have of Bieniemy. All that good stuff. It's more than just the yelling, folks. And as when I talked to Ron Revere about him, he said, and he and I agree with this. His yelling has a purpose. There's a plan behind what he does. So I think it's you know when people get caught up in the yelling, and and even when I talked to Revere, I would bring it up like you know you hear the yelling but it's there's a purpose behind the yelling and it's not just yelling it's way more than that folks if it was just that i think you'd be he would be in trouble and they would be in trouble but it's more that's more about the accountability and the demands he puts on them to get things right which i as i've said a long time that's very much needed anyways look for that over the next several days on espn.com also just one little nugget of information the Harris Blitzer Group, along with Arctos Partners, which is a private sports equity firm, they have become minority investors in Joe Gibbs Racing. Now, it's really, you know, that's a kind of a nice little tie in here. But I think what it really suggests is Gibbs's basically his stamp of approval of Josh Harris as a commander's owner. Gibbs is very fr- is, is friends with Harris and has kind of served as an advisor to him throughout this process, really what he's getting in the franchise and the city, not that Harris didn't know about the city. He grew up here, but he has, but Gibbs, you know, I was told several months ago that he has served kind of, like I said, as an almost a de facto advisor to Harris in this. And the one thing you know about Gibbs is one reason why he's been a hall of fame coach in two sports, because he knows how to pick people and who to surround himself with. So to me, I would take that as a good sign that he's giving him a further stamp of approval to let him invest, to have him become an investor, a minority investor with his group uh, in Joe Gibbs racing. Gibbs will also be an advisor to, you know, will be has become a limited partner in the Harris Blitzer group. Now that's separate from the Harris group trying to buy the, or that who obviously just needs final approval to buy the commanders. Anyway, just thought you need to know that. You want to know more about that, go to ESPN.com. I have a story up there on all that right now. So that's it for me, folks. Summertime. There's not a lot to talk about. I will keep pumping out podcasts, though, over the next several months. I, very soon, I'm going to start going to two, two a week because, you know, listen, there's just not as much to talk about. If, if there's news that happens, then we'll adjust and go to more. So without, with all that being said, here's my conversation with Anthony Boone, Sam Howell's off-season quarterbacks coach. You'll get some good insight from Anthony. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. 
with eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zip line park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow in the park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give axe throwing a try. Perfect for first timers or experts, their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's promo code KIME23DC, K-E-I-M-23-DC. Now open seven days a week. This is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. Well, first, Anthony, thanks for coming on. But I also, I want to start with, you know, your relationship with Sam. You've been working with them for a while now. How, how, first of all, how long has it been? And how did, how did you guys, how did you two connect? Um, so I've been working with Sam since his freshman year in high school. Um, and the way we connected was our mothers um, had the same job uh, in the high school, in the school system um, in the same county. So they, they met one day as like a, hey, like all the, uh, you know, all the special, you know, special, special kind of course teachers you know there's one in each school um they're all in the same curriculum they got together as like a hey like you know just kind of we're all speaking the same language we're all kind of you know for the same messages or anything that we need to work on and the conversation of sam came up um to his mother and my mom was like hey like my son is you know anthony boone and you know played at weddington which is the rival high school that he went to and don't let him tell you but our high school is better than his high school um <laughs> and uh you know, long story short, my mom came home one day and, you know, she's like, hey, you know, I got Sam Howell's num mom's number and she wants you to work with them and, you know, kind of set up this, you know, the, our moms, which is kind of, you know, a crazy thing to say. Our moms honestly set up the relationship for us. Um, and, you know, ever since then, we've been, you know, pretty much inseparable, but, you know, hold each other accountable and, um, you know, rely and trust each other. What is it? What do you what has stood out? Because obviously you've worked with him that long. There's something you really like about him. What is it that jumps out to you about Sam? Uh, I think Sam's just a uh, constant need to be coached and, you know, how genuine he is and, um, you know, how, uh, you know, it was really just an instant click with, you know, with us. Just kind of, we kind of, you know, felt the same, you know, same thought process as far as like what we're trying to get done, what we accomplished. And obviously, you know, he, you know, he, he leaned on me early on in his career. Um, it still kind of does, but early on in his career, just, you know, because um, he's in the place, he, he's trying to get to the place that I was at and, right. you know, I was obviously did somewhat successful. So, you know, he kind of gravitated to just, you know, wanting information and wanting to, you know, how I studied film, how I carried myself in the locker room, how I handled relationships with, um, you know, with how I had a relationship with, with teammates, how I, how I carried myself in the off season when I came home, you know, somewhere that I was never at and, um, you know, now for me, it's, you know, he's, you know, he's teaching me, uh, you know, along the way as well. And, um, you know, I'm still, you know, on him about, you know, mechanics and he always comes to me for, Hey, what do you think about this far as my drop? Or what do you think about this far as uh, my posture or, or, you know, my arm path or, you know, just little things like that, that I've seen obviously from him since he was a, you know, young kid. Right. Right. And I want to get, I'm going to get into the mechanics in a minute, but you also, you did play, 
you know, you had some pro, you have pro experience. Yes, sir. Obviously played at a big time college. So like, what is it when, what did you know what it takes to get there? So when did you start to see in him that he had what it took to reach a certain level? Uh, really early on. I mean, obviously, like, you know, he's, he's a young kid, you know, bigger than every other kid his age. You know, he's just a strong kid. You know, you look at him, you're like, man, like, this dude does not look 15. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, the way the ball came out of his hand um, was equivalent to you know, when you look at him off the hoof, like, okay, well, he's a big kid, big, strong kid. Um, and then his playing style, he was a tough kid, uh, very physical, a um, little unorthodox, you know, wasn't going to, like, wow you with speed or wow you with something, but you know, when it was time to make a play, you know, he was always making a play. And you're like, damn, man, this kid's like, he's got like it. Like, this, he's always doing it. And I don't really know exactly what it is. But when I turn the tape on, when I go to a game, it's like, yep, that was it. And he does it, you know, consistently. And, um, you know, I think, you know, just seeing how humble, how, how humble he was with all that is really probably the coolest thing to it all. I mean, he's, you know, obviously done some tremendous things in the state of North Carolina, breaking lots of records and, um, you know, probably being one of the biggest quarterback recruits out of the state. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, you know, he really, you know, embodied it and, and kind of wore it. And, you know, it was never like a, the moment was too big. It was never like it was a, a humongous deal, but it was never like, dang, like he's undervaluing what, you know, what was going on around him. And um, he just was at a young age, just mature enough to balance that. And, um, you know, you never, you know, things never wavered for him um, as a young kid. And it's the same, it's the same person he is today. He seems pretty humble. Yeah, he is. And you said one time that he's the most behind-the-scenes guy you've ever met. What did you mean by that? So, um, just the just the uh, I mean, he's the guy that you know is the epitome of all of those memes. Like, oh, well, um, you know, it's it's what's done in the dark. It's what you do that people don't see. I mean, he he embodies that. I mean, that's you know, it's, uh, to some people you may think that's a sacrifice or, oh, he's sacrificing this, he's sacrificing that. For a guy like Sam, it's like, it's not a sacrifice when this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I want to be. So, um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's that guy. And I think, you know, for him, it's going to make him, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to make it hard for people in that organization and on that team, not to like him and not, not to want him to do well. And, um, you know, not to want to play for that guy because you know he's going to do all the things that a quarterback's supposed to do, and it's genuine. It's not. It's not to to gain likeness. It's, it's you know who he is as a, as a quarterback and as a person, and um, you know he's been that way since he was fourteen. And you've obviously yeah. worked right, and you worked with a lot. I mean, you work with Daniel Jones, I think Drake May as well, correct? Yes, sir. So, so you work with those guys, those kind of guys. What are some things when you talk about behind the scenes? What are some little things that Sam would do? that did separate him maybe from some others? Uh, I think his preparation was crazy. I mean, he it, I'm talking about like he used to FaceTime me and, you know, FaceTime or call me. This would be 11, 12 o'clock, right? And he would just – we would just be talking football. Like, hey, man, like, you know, what's the game plan this week? And, you know, what you know what's what you guys trying to do? He's like, oh, man, you know, this team's learning a lot of, you know, bracket quarters. And, you know, you know we get in this set. We're going to look at attacking them here and attacking them there. And that, that was something that, like – I know for a fact, you know, as a lot of kids were on social media, I see their posts and they're, you know, saying they're hanging out or they're, you know, they're in their beds. And it's like, you know, Sam's freaking calling me leaving the facility at 11 o'clock. And he did that as a freshman. Um, and, and it wasn't freshman like in college. Yeah. I mean, he did that. He did that in, in high school, too. Him and his dad would stay up late and watch film. And, um, you know, but it wasn't like it wasn't one of those things where you had to tell him. It's just he, he just did it. You know, saying he's one of those things where like 
you know, he read it, he read it online that, you know, this is what quarterbacks do and, you know, this is how to be successful. And he, you know, he took it to heart and he's like, you know what, like this is who I'm going to be. Um, so, you know, he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a student of the game, obviously in that league, it's going to be, um, it takes reps to, to really gain that knowledge. I mean, a lot, I think a lot, I think, you know, a lot of guys in, the, in that league are smart when it comes to playing quarterback. Um, I just think, you know, the, the best ones are the ones that, you know, have experienced a lot and seen a lot of different defenses and seen tells and tendencies. And so I think in that regard, you know, he's going to grow and he knows that, but, you know, he's going to definitely give himself the best chance he possibly can in his preparation and study to make sure that he is, um, you know, as prepared as anybody who's only been in the league for two years can be. Where did you see the brain show up most? Like what, what kind of things would he say? Was it, was something you do something you'd see on film? We can just start with it. He was a four old kid out of high school. He got a four point oh. Man, it doesn't matter what school. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid that's going to keep it. He kept his grades up, and um, you know, things just came easy to him. But I mean, he, he things that really stuck out was just you know, first time you know we got together like maybe in the film and boardroom and just you know in high school just talking about, hey, this is a three technique, this is a two technique, this is a shade, and you know, like it was one conversation, and then from there it was like he knew it. it was law. Like I knew, I know exactly what, when I say, Hey, this, this, and this, like he knows exactly where guys are lined up. And that's, you know, he, like I said, he, he really just as early on, he just embodied the, what it is and what it means to play quarterback. So what, what are the things that you focused on this off season with him? And was it, you know, for, well, let's start with that. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for him for this off season is what I told, what we kind of talked about was, you know, physically, you know, you're obviously in the league, so you're, you know, physically you're able to make all the throws and do these things. And I think um, Coach Bienemy is going to do a great job of just making sure that, um, you know, I feel, I feel like, and obviously I, I'm just a, you know, spectator from from this point of view, but I feel like he does a good job of just, you know, knowing his personnel and, you know, what makes them successful um, and what helps that team go. And he's not going to try to beat him into a, you know, into a like, hey, you have to be this, this, and this. So. I think for him, you know, just really like I think the biggest thing is for his growth this this offseason was just getting that rapport with his guys. And I told him like, hey, like you know, you got to have Dotson, you got to have Terry here, you got to have those guys, you know, around. You guys got to be working together, um, and, and build that trust and understanding and and feel and you know just just getting as many reps as you possibly can. Um, so you know, he actually spent more time up there. Um, just, you know, watching and, and talking to the guys and just being around those guys and building that relationship, you know, than, than normal. But, you know, this offseason, the big thing we just kind of worked on was just, you know, controlling his base a little bit, make sure he's not drifting in his drops and making sure he's, you know, he's clean through his hitches and his eyes are in the right place. And, um, you know, he, he's creating he's creating good alignments. And when he when he can't create alignment, he's, he's, he's got the ability to be flexible enough to create, you know, off-platform throws and, and awkward angles that, um, you know, people see all the time and, and, and there's flashes of it that were kind of, you know, not overhyping, but it's, you know, made a big deal, but it's kind of part of the game and been, been happening for years. Just now it's a, you know, it's a big deal. Um, um, and that is, you know, just staying as, as, as sudden and as fast as we can as far as, you know, our arm path, you know, getting that ball from, you know, the, the, the normal carries to out, out, you know, out of my hands. And then, um, you know, just his, you know, his posture when he's throwing, just not, not leaning. How many? How much did you work? Like, how many days a week would you guys work out together, or would you have more? Uh, I would say. I mean, we're, we'd probably be three days a week. You know, maybe like a, a back-to-back day, and then a day in between, and then like like a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, you know, usually be you know intermediate to quick game day on the, on the, the first day, 
the second day would be usually, you know, some play action, bootleg, um, deep ball work with some long tosses after for like arm strength and arm health. Um, and then that Friday or that third day would be usually like um, red zone, you know, just kind of working different red zone throws, different, you know, throws you're going to be asked to make and different drops and different reads. I starting here, working here. I starting here, working there. Um, just, you know, just trying to, obviously this offseason was a little different, just not knowing, you know, early on, just not knowing, you know, who the guy was right. going to be. So, you know, early on it was just like, hey, man, look, this is a good time for us to just be, you know, as mechanical as sound as possible. You know, obviously they're going to be throwing these routes and these concepts. It's just going to be about verbiage at, at some point, right, and figuring out you know, what, how they want to call it or, you know, what they want to disguise it with or what they want to, you know, pair it with. And, you know, so this offseason was really just, you know, getting back to the basics and, and, and moving and playing fast and, um, you know, getting ready to be the guy for that organization, which, you know, like I think he's he's going to he's going to he's going to make a lot of people happy in that in that building. And I think I think they're getting there because, you know, I think they're pretty excited about it. But like so when you were you working out in Carolina, was this out in California? I thought he, I think he, I read that he was going to go out there as well. Or was this back in Carolina that you worked out with him? Yeah. So back in Carolina, I worked out with me. We were out in California for uh, his draft prep. Okay. Oh, okay. That's what, that's, that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. So the, when, when you're working on that, because one big thing that they've seen with changing over the course of the year is the footwork and kind of marrying it to the scheme they have, but also just getting to this level. So how much did you work on that and what kind of things did you do to work on that? So honestly, <laughs> we just unfolded probably, you know, just looking at the league, like different guys that do different things, whether it be left foot forward, right foot forward, people equal, feet equal, straight to a drop, punch, kind of a shuffle, right? We, we looked at basically all these drops and talked about all these concepts and talked about, hey, if you got this quick game concept, you know, you can throw this same throw three different ways, right? Three different footworks, um, you know, but also like marrying it to where there's no tells because obviously at the next level, guys are smart. So where there's no tells where like, if I'm throwing it this way to my left, I can't switch my feet going to the right. So really I got to just figure out like what I want to do as far as if I'm left foot forward, I want to take a punch step or I want to go right to a drop and then marrying that to every route concept, both right and left. Um, and that was, um, <laughs> it was honestly trial and error, you know saying? Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, you know, early on, cause obviously for us, it was trial and error because, um, the way he was asked to drop at Chapel Hill was, you know, they were, you know, Coach Longo wanted them to do a back backpedal drop. So okay. you know, everything was backpedal drop. And, you know, for him, and he thought, you know, he not thought, but he, for him, it doesn't, it doesn't give defenses tells of whether you're working right or left. And, you know, for him also, it's, he feels like it, you know, helps, you know, guys, you know, see the whole field instead of right. turning sideways and blocking it off. So um, not here nor there as far as like whether thinking like it's more right, right. or wrong. I think it's innovative. I think um, a lot of people have adapted it. I think it's, you know, it's worked in a lot of situations, but obviously there's not a lot of guys in the league that want that footwork. So yeah. that, that was the kind of the um, not issue with it, but, you know, you really had to just kind of find, um, you know, we really had to explore and find a new identity. So, you know, every, you know, early on, we just always be like, Hey man, look, we're going to, um, we're going to explore. Thank you. We're good. We're going to explore. Um, you know, left foot forward punch step today, or we're going to explore, explore um, plant throws. And I think, um, I think that was just kind of like the, it was fun in a sense, but also it was, um, you know, it just took a lot of reps of just, Hey, we're throwing a, uh, we're throwing a quick out here to the left. 
I'm good, thank you. We're throwing a quick out to the left, a quick out to the right, and hey, throw this one off slide, throw this one off punch one, throw this off rocker, right? And it's just like you know, biggest thing is like, you know, for him, it's all a feel. I had like which one felt the best, which one felt the most comfortable, and then we throw it to the right, and then we throw it to the left, and it'd be a different drop, and it'd be like, all right, well, let's go back to this drop to the right and see if we, you know if we can find some comfort in there or like talk through the, the full work of it. But um, I really think a lot of it was you know his own self study of. Um, guys that he admired, that he watched, that he finds successful in the league and what they did. And, um, you know, just us, honestly, just, you know, in like an exploration phase where we're just like, hey, we're just exploring different footwork here. Any any player in particular that you guys focused on a little bit more to watch and study for him? Uh, honestly, we talked a lot about Daniel because Daniel, Daniel made a pretty, not drastic switch, but Daniel switched up a little bit with, you know, with, he had McAdoo for a year. So, particular. Um, really, I think a lot of times he just kind of leans on guys that, like, I've been, I work with that are around him. So, like, you know, PJ Walker and then with um, right. Daniel Jones and um, just other guys. And I think, you know, obviously he's, he's we're watching Aaron Rodgers, we're watching um, the Tom Brady's, we're watching, you know, we're watching all the guys. Um, I don't think there's anybody that he'll say, like, he's like trying to marry his game after. I think. You know, he's very comfortable in his own skin and understands that, you know, he may emulate in certain certain extent, certain like ways of, you know, certain guys that have played in the past. And obviously history repeats itself, but I don't think he's per se trying to, oh, I got to be like right. X, Y, or Z or this person. Um, I think he's just trying to be the best Sam Holly can possibly be. So three more questions. Um, first one, when when he gets the enemy's playbook or when he when the enemy's hired and he said that he went and watched a Chiefs offense, how much did you guys then work on how to marry the footwork there or just things that they may, he may do here? How much did you work on that? Um, we obviously didn't get the chance to, like, really dive in. I know we we actually talked last night on the phone for about an hour and a half, like 11 o'clock. We're just shooting it, shooting the, shooting the trap about everything, just talking about life and family and um, little ball, got into a little Coach B enemies, um offense and some things he's asked to do. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, that – I've kind of gathered from him and I think he's trying to like work, work through is like, you know, EB is what he calls him um, is uh, I think very um, not, not, I'm not saying, not say, I wouldn't say detail, but he's just not very picky on like, you know, he's like, you know, long as long as my quarterback makes the right read, he's not really like trying to like box these guys in. I think, yeah. which I think is great. Cause you know, obviously Nowadays, especially when it comes to quarterback, there's a million ways to skin a cat. You know, back yeah. in the day, it's like you had to throw like this or do this or yeah. do that. But now it's like you got guys all different shapes, sizes, heights, um, heights, weights, you know, throwing abilities, throwing arm slots. Um, I think that's great because, you know, it just it allows guys to really maximize who they are and not put them in like, oh, you have to be this. Um, so I think, you know, from my understanding, it just, you know, he's a – He's learning as he goes. You know, he feels like he's done a lot of he's done a lot of good things, but also he's done some bad things. Which, you know, I told him it's going to come from reps. It's going to come from and there's things that, you know, you may have not seen or may have not experienced. That you know, your only way you're going to get that experience is you get the live rep. You know, you got to learn from it. And you know, I think he's blessed with the opportunity to you know have an organization and that's you know believing in him and obviously knowing that he's going to be a young budding guy, young budding star that you know is going to take his lumps, but he's going to do a lot of good things to. Um, not offset, but he's gonna do a lot, a lot of really, really good things that are gonna make people happy and and help you know the commanders be successful. Um, one of the things Deami Brown talked about was that he felt he was getting more vocal in the huddle. Is that something you guys talked about? 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Sam. Sam's always been um, not soft-spoken, but, you know, he's just not, a, like, a loud, boisterous right. guy. Um, but I think, you know, for him, um, being a vocal leader kind of comes with the, the responsibility you're given as a leader. Right. So I think, right. you know, last year, obviously, there's two veterans in the room that have, you know, big money contracts. They have, you know, a lot of experience under their belt. So obviously, you know, they're the one and two and things are going through there. So it's kind of hard, especially as a rookie, it's kind of hard to be, you know, vocal and in that moment when you have two other voices that kind of expect you to kind of know your role, which means like, you know, hey, like you're more of a, you know, be seen, not heard type of thing. Um, not in a bad way, not like it's a, you know, demonstrative, right. you know, like it's just kind of like the pecking order. It's kind of like the unwritten law. So, um, you know, obviously when you're given that, not given, but when you've kind of earned and done your and done your part over a year and, you know, you're kind of, you know, hey, this is, you know, you're given the opportunity to prove that it should be your spot. You know, you have to do those things and be more, be more vocal and, um, you know, continue to have, you know, that presence, you know, in the locker room and around the facility um you know it's it's embraced it's embodied and i think it's um it's a little more publicized when you're the guy I mean, i'm sure this is stuff that he probably did last year but nobody was looking at him as being the guy right, right. so um it wasn't as like you know looked at it was just like, oh, as a third-string quarterback just you know but now that he's the guy, you know you're, you're paying attention you know you're paying attention to what he's doing every day and what how he's preparing how like I mean, he's i've been doing this since i've you know I don't think anything for him has honestly changed because mm -hmm. he's, you know, given this opportunity. I think it's just now people are realizing like this kid carries himself like a professional. He is a professional. He's going to do all the right things. And he's showing flashes and OTAs of, of yeah. a lot of you know promise and people. Are, okay. Well, with more reps and more opportunities, you know, this guy could be, you know, probably going to be our franchise quarterback. Last thing. So what's the biggest change you've seen in him? whether even from over the course of the year coming back to you and even like to this point, what's the big, even, or even in this, just this off season, what's the biggest change that you've seen in him? I think the biggest change might be his haircut, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks good though. I told him the other day, I was like, Hey man, that haircut looks good. I like that on you. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think the biggest change, honestly, um, that, you know, people may have, man, I think he's just very conscious of, his body, uh, the way he puts in his body, obviously he's, he only eats chicken. Um, we've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Try living with, well, I wasn't like living with him, but <laughs> during the craft process, like trying to go eat places and like everything's like, I'm like thinking like, well, everything's got to have chicken. Um, he only eats chicken, which I like chicken too, but yeah, he didn't like, it wasn't like he wanted to go get sushi with me or anything like yeah. that. Um, that was always fun to manage. But, um, I think the biggest thing, um, that I've seen over the years um, with him is, um, and I really, I don't think it's the biggest change, but I think it's just, in my opinion, like his continuous, like humble confidence is, mm -hmm. is really, is really something that um, I've known for years. Uh, for years I've known it, but, you know, other people now are, are finally seeing it, what, you know, what that, what that looks like, what that kid in Chapel Hill did from, you know, from the internal, like the internal, organization just knew how confident he was and how humble he was. And, you know, now that he's, you know, given this responsibility and role, people are starting to feel and figure out like, okay, like, Hey man, this kid's confident as hell, man. Like this kid, you know, he's, he's humble, but like 
he's very confident in what he's doing and um, he's doing a good job and you know I'm proud of him and I'm I'm excited for the opportunity. I'll definitely be at a lot of games, um, you know, rooting those guys on and, you know, wishing the best for Sam because he's definitely one of those guys that has worked really hard. And, you know, I don't know if there's anybody on this planet that can sit here and say, like, hey, man, like, any success that he's had doesn't deserve it, honestly. Anthony, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you. Yes, sir, John. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Anthony for joining me and thank you as always for tuning in. I'll be back with another episode. I believe it'll come out Thursday or Friday. So talk to you next time.